Hello and welcome to this episode of Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. Today we are joined by Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue who has over 30 years experience helping families across the country and that might be with new babies, siblings, toddlers, all kind of mixture of those things all put together and uh, hi Chris, how are you? I'm really well, very well. You can ask your questions a number of ways. You can pop your question below the Facebook video if you are watching us live via Facebook. If you're listening to us, however, on the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we will get to your questions next week. We also have a helpline group on Facebook, so you can join that group and post your questions there or you can direct mail us. So there's lots of ways to get in touch, uh, to get some tips and help you get back on the right track. So Chris, we shall start with uh, a question from Ilona from our helpline group. She says, hi, we have a four and a half year old who has always been late to bed. He tends to fall asleep between 8 and 9 p.m. and he requires someone to stay in his bed with him because he says that he's afraid of the dark. Also, we are trying to get him out of nappies at night, but there is no luck with staying dry. We often wake him twice to go to the bathroom, yet we do not always catch his accidents. He's a deep sleeper and doesn't always notice that he's wet the bed. What should you? What would you suggest we do with his bed routine for sleep and toilet training? Okay, so I think I would take these two things individually, not try and attempt to fix them both at the same time, because both of them can build a little bit of anxiety within a child if they feel like they're pressured into having a dry night. And it isn't uncommon for children to not be night trained for quite some time. So the fact that you're taking him to the toilet twice in the night, plus he has a wet nappy in the morning, then I think you'll probably find this is a maturity thing and it's going to take a little bit of time and patience. And you can certainly go and see your GP about it if it you know, it hasn't sort of resolved itself in, in the next six months. But some children take a while to be night trained. So I'd work on the sleep behaviour and not work on them both together. And the sleep behaviour is going to be a little bit easier. Now, we need a little bit more information because we don't know what it is that you do with him. Do you sleep beside him? Do you sit on a chair? But ideally what you want to do is slowly start removing yourself out of that room but giving him the confidence that he can go to sleep. So 8 to 9 o'clock at night, depending on when he wakes up, can be late. And, and the fact that you've said it's, it's sort of late leads me to believe that he wakes up between 6 and 6.30 in the morning or 6 and 7 in the morning. So um, I'd start the wind down earlier um, and I would make sure that I had a conversation with him outside of the bedtime routine about how we're going to change things to help him to be able to go to sleep on his own. So depending on what it is that you do for him, the first thing I'd probably do is start his routine at about 7.30. So he's had dinner, he's had a bath. At about 7.30, I go in, take him into the room, make the room quite soft and and calming, um, read him a story or two, depending on the day, and then maybe lay him down on the bed and sit on a chair beside his bed and talk about the day. So you might just talk about the good things that happened in your day and his day. So we're really trying to calm him down. And then one of our um, things that we work with and is going to allow you to step away from the room is using our bedtime explorers. 
where he can choose a little story to listen to um, that is centred around bedtime and um, we can probably tell you where to get them but you can get them on the app and, and you can get them on the uh, internet with, uh, with uh, uh, kindling. So letting him relax in that bed, choosing the story, listening to it for him, with him for a few minutes and then leaving and telling him you'll come back when the, the story finishes and it tells you how long that story is. So if it's 12 minutes, you're going to come back in 10 minutes, you're going to give him a kiss and a cuddle and walk out. And I would actually leave the door open and I'd leave the hall light on so we can give him that reassurance. And then just keep reassuring him. If he calls out, go back, give him a kiss and a cuddle and walk out. This is going to take time and patience. It's going to take a good few times. The first time might take you 20 times to go in and out. But keeping that reassurance will help him to be able to go to sleep himself. And with the toilet training? Well, the toilet training, I think you would need to leave for another six months because it's not unusual. And the fact that they are toilet him twice a night and his nappy's still wet is it's probably a maturity thing. So you need to give it that six months. Not unusual for boys to not be toilet trained until somewhere between five and seven. But if at that point he was still wet, um, I would then go and speak to your GP to make sure there's nothing else going on for him. But um, the one take home is a lot of children these days are drinking out of water bottles and it overfills the bladder. Uh, at four and a half, you should only have a cup unless you're in the park or down the beach where you need to have that water on tap. So give it six more months of maturity um, because it might be something going on with him. We have a question uh, from Facebook Live from Krista. She says, hello, my baby is getting blisters on their lips. Is this due to the breastfeeding latch being wrong? They're 12 days old. Congratulations, oh. Krista. That's a teeny tiny baby you've got. Yeah, they're called um, sucking blisters. So they're very common in a newborn when they start breastfeeding. It's the pressure they apply on their lips and they go away. They, once that um, tissue um, sort of toughen, toughens up a little bit, they'll go away. So leave it alone and you'll notice within probably a week to 10 days that they'll just go away and the lip will be a little bit tougher. Uh, and we've got another question from Facebook Live from Monica. She said, very generally speaking, when do toddlers drop daytime sleep? Generally speaking, it's somewhere as early as two and a half and it can be as late as three and a half. But I noticed that most children don't need a lot of sleep, say, but as they're getting closer to three. So somewhere between two and a half and three and a half. Yeah. And this next question comes from Madeline from our uh, helpline inbox. She says, I have two boys, a 14-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. My partner and I are sleep-deprived and exhausted 24-7. Our biggest struggle right now is that our two-and-a-half-year-old will not sleep in his bed. Putting him to bed at night or at nap time ends in a tantrum. If he wakes during the night, he will come straight into our room and get into bed with us or fall asleep on the floor. We walk him back to bed and offer lots of general reassurance. But the minute he goes into his room, he goes into a full-blown meltdown and screams and cries saying, no, no bed. I have tried moving his room around, putting comfort items within reach, putting a nightlight on, and we even offer to stay next to him for support until he falls asleep. But the problem is he just doesn't want to be in his bed. 
Lately, we have just been giving in and allowing him to sleep in our room as we are so exhausted and don't want him waking up our younger son, who is also a terrible sleeper. (laughs) It has reached a point now where I dread bedtime because this has been happening every night for the past two weeks. Up until now, we have had no sleep issues. He's always been an excellent sleeper since he was born. He's still napping for around one and a half hours each day. We are putting him to bed around 7 p.m. and he's waking at 5 a.m. every morning. What do I do? Wait, I haven't finished. (laughs) There's more. In addition to this, he's going through a stage where he has a tantrum whenever he does not get his way and he says no to everything. Even nappy changes feel like the end of the world. We have tried toilet training, but we have stopped at the moment as we feel like we need to conquer this issue first. It's a constant power struggle and I am exhausted and really need some advice and some sleep. Okay, so this is a really easy one. He's having too much sleep in the day and going to bed too early for his age. So the fact that he's always been a really good sleeper and you've managed to be able to get him in his bed and this is a really new um, behaviour from him then I would say we have to modify his sleep in the day. Now, most mothers at that point start crying because they want them to sleep. But actually, he's showing you that it's not working for him at the moment. He's taking longer to go down. He's fighting you. um, He's having that sleep in the day and it's giving him the energy to get up at night. So what we want to do is a slow, gentle a wean of his day sleep because there might be a nice little point where he gets a little bit of sleep and he goes down really well for you. That's one point. The second point is from where he wakes up in the day, he has to be awake for at least five and a half hours. And if he's two and a half, I can almost sense that he's going down for his sleep around one o'clock. And if he's sleeping till 2.30, He's just not going down to bed in the right time frame. So what I would do today, if you're listening, is I would reduce his sleep down to one hour. So maybe put him down, I don't know, between one and two, and then wake him at two regardless of what he slept. So whether it's 45 minutes, half an hour, and then from two, put him down five and a half hours later at 7.30. So the first thing is he'll probably go to sleep a little bit quicker for you and a little bit calmer and it might reduce the wake-ups overnight or he'll sleep longer till the morning, okay? If that doesn't change his behaviour, then we reduce it down to 40 minutes, okay? So And you have to wake him at the 40 minutes and you need everybody on side with you. So if he goes to daycare a few days, you tell them where you're at so that everybody's doing the same thing for him. So, again, the 40 minutes would be between 1 and 2 and he'd still go down at 7.30. It's not unusual for two-and-a-half-year-olds to drop their day sleep, okay, but it'd be nice to find a little bit of sleep so his behaviour didn't get worse and just nicely wean it off. And hopefully he'd have between 40 minutes or 45 minutes in an hour and you'll go down and it'll solve a lot of the issues. The second part of this is the behaviour you're seeing from him is normal for a a two-and-a-half-year-old. They're trying to find where they are in the world. They're going to say no all the time. They're going to push boundaries. They need lots of time to make those transitions. So something as simple as let's go to the park and put your shoes on could be a half-an-hour episode of trying to get his shoes on. 
So we would say you need to give him a lot more time to make those transitions. And I suspect he's a bit overtired at the moment. He's going to bed earlier. He's not sleeping well and he's waking up early in the morning. So hopefully with the sleep changes, it's going to help with the behaviour as well. And, and for that to be more manageable. And as, you know, a parent of, as you are a parent of two children who aren't sleeping well, this is often feels like a big mountain you're going up. So let's just concentrate on him and see if we can get that sleep in the right place or it might need to drop and then we'll fix, you know, and we'll have a look at your 14-month-old and then hopefully everybody will be getting a bit of sleep in the household. Our next question comes from Sela. She says, hi, Chris, do you have a recommended outline for daytime naps for a two-and-a-half-year-old? My girl usually has a two-hour nap around midday, but lately she's been fighting the nap and pushing it out until 1 or 1.30 p.m. But this means she sleeps till 3.30 p.m., which means she's not really she's not ready to sleep at her usual 7 p.m. bedtime. If I wake her before the two hours are up, she's terribly whingy and upset the rest of the afternoon and evening. I'd rather not push bedtime back too much. I'm just not sure how to handle this. Okay, so this is the... I don't want to put them to bed later and I want them to have their sleep in the day, but it's not working. And pretty much the same answer as the one before. So you're going to have to decrease the day sleep, but you're putting her to bed too early with, with um, a child of that age and having a day sleep. So you need to start putting her to bed at 7.30 and reducing that two-hour sleep. And as I said in the previous um, question, you're just going to reduce that a little bit and a little bit. So I'd probably with her, if she's doing two hours, I'd start to put her down at 12.30 and get her up at two and put her to bed at 7.30. And until that day sleeps goes, 7.30 is the right time to be putting her to sleep. So then reducing to the hour and then to the 45 minute. And you'll find that magic spot that allows her to go down at 7.30, not fight you and sleep all night. So good luck with that. But listening to the previous um, question might also give you some more hints. This next one comes from Amelia. She says, my seven and a half month old is starting daycare three days a week in a month. She'll be eight and a half months old when she begins. She's breastfed and I'm wondering how to go about weaning her off that middle of the day breastfeed before she starts. She's going well on her solids, breakfast, lunch and dinner, and she will accept a bottle of expressed milk. However, she doesn't nap in the daytime without a proper breastfeed, not bottle, to get her off to sleep. So I'd love any tips on making this transition easier for her. Okay, so with daycare looming in a month, you've got plenty of time to wean her up to um, that bottle uh, so eight and a half months, she would have three milk feeds in the day, three meals and a snack. So it sounds like she's pretty close to that. So the bottle amount that you'll need to leave for daycare is about 180 mils. And what I would do in the two weeks before is start introducing that bottle instead of the breastfeed at home and, and doing it just before she goes to sleep, like you breastfeed her, but giving um, her the bottle then putting her in a bed and then patting because 
that's something that can transfer through to daycare and she can do it. The, the people at daycare can give her that comfort. So the bottle in the arms that she's used to, then putting it down in her bed and giving her some pats to help her to go off to sleep will allow that transition to daycare. The carers will be able to do that same thing and mimic it for her. So you don't need to do it till, she, till you're about two weeks out and then you can just keep doing it on those days. On the days you have her at home, you can go back to breastfeeding her. So she would be able to mix between the two. So have a go at mimicking that in the two weeks before and see how she goes. The next question comes from Caitlin. She says, hi, Chris, my two and a half year old has become so fussy this past six months and we are fast running out of foods that he will eat. He used to enjoy a wide variety of meats, veggies and fruits, rice, pasta, etc. But lately he turns his nose up almost at, at, at almost everything except mashed potato and sausages. Well, that's a win. <laughs> or a very basic bolognese with pasta. Still doing better than me. Um, bananas seem to be his fruit of choice. Basically, he refuses anything he has to put in some effort to chew. I'm starting to worry about his intake of nutrients and that kind of thing. But should I resort to hiding veggies and things in his meals? I've been making juices to get some more fruit into him, but I'm a bit lost on how to get him to eat more veg and a wider variety of meats. Any advice? So this is a very typical pattern of a two-and-a-half-year-old. Somewhere between two and three, they start to reduce the amount of food they take in or the choices of foods that they take in. And the more we feed that behaviour, the more it becomes more of a behaviour. So I think um, the first thing to do is make a list over a week of all the things he's eaten. So quite literally all of it. And what that usually does is reassure you that there's more going in than you think. You know, so by the time you add in the snacks and the bribery and corruption and, and lunch and, and breakfast, you'll actually see that there's a bit of a list there of what he is eating. I definitely sneak um, as many grated veggies into his pasta sauce as you can. There's loads of recipes for like hidden veggies, pasta sauces. Um, and the fact that he does eat um, the sausage, you can get sort of different types of sausages too, like lamb sausages, beef sausages, so chicken sausages. So you can give him some variety in that. To get him to engage with new foods though, um, the first thing I'd be doing is, if you can, is sitting down and eating with him and putting the meal on the table and you need to put down the meal that you want him to eat. So if you're having lasagna, you've got to put down the lasagna. Now, he may not entice in that lasagna. It might take a little bit of time, but he needs to see the foods that you want to offer him. So you might have lasagna and then you might have um, mashed potato. And then you put a little bit on his plate, but he also needs to see um, what, you know, sit, that people sitting down. If he goes to daycare, ask them how he eats at daycare. If he eats a variety of foods at daycare, it's because everyone's sitting down. So there's all these little cues that you need to think about. But um, Dr. Jen Cohen, the fussy eater doctor, she has some great tips on her website and on her blog site to get um, children re-engaging with food. But it is a lot of patience. It's not a lot of bribery. Um, and it is a, a bit about time and maturity from the child to get that palate to open up again. 
Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling the pain. Yeah. Of Caitlin. Uh, this next question comes from Sarah. How much awake time should a three and a half month old baby be having in the daytime? My baby boy seems to only want to be awake for one and a half to two hours at a time. If I leave it any longer, he gets really grumpy and is much harder to settle for naps. Is this normal? Also, should I be letting him stay awake until he shows some tired signs or just putting him down for naps at certain times? Thanks for any guidance. Okay, so this is the tricky months. So between three months and six months, I find it's really tricky with babies. Um, They get into an age where rhythmic behaviour works well for them, um, but they're difficult to sometimes get to sleep or resettle. So that's the most common thing. So the hour and a half I find to be closer to where they need to go to sleep. Um, at three and a half months, it might be. So what I do is I use the hour and a half. Two hours to me is a long time for that age group and they're often quite whingy and you might have gone over the cue signs for sleep. So if a baby was awake for two hours, they have to be happy and contented on the floor. So if the mother's walking and jiggling them, you could be misreading the baby and they're actually ready to go to sleep so about the hour and a half I just glance my eyes at him if he's still calm and relaxed and playing great but as soon as you get that jerking movement that whinging that head turning that's the time for going to bed and I would say it's between an hour and a half maybe an hour and 40 minutes and then putting him down so I think you've got the right time frame for him Um, And then the next thing is about his sleep cues. So making sure there's consistency with his sleep cues with maybe two sleeps in a day in a bed in a dim room and with sleep cues such as, you know, either wrapping or swaddling, cuddling, putting down awake and then helping him go to sleep. And these will develop into good sleep patterns as he moves forward so don't be surprised it feels a little bit like a struggle but please be reassured that with that work his sleep will come into place and it will settle down it'll feel more rhythmic at his age okay this one comes from leanne on facebook live she says one of my 14 month old twins still isn't sleeping through the night and never has they both have a morning and afternoon nap of about an hour I put them down to bed around nine. Emma sleeps through the night, but Aiden is up every few hours. As a single working mum, a year is a long time to go without sleep, a full night's sleep. It definitely is, Leanne. Absolutely. mm. Um, Am I taking that, Leanne, that you're putting them down at nine o'clock at night? Yes. quite late for these little ones unless they sleep till nine in the morning. No, it says that, yeah, it just... says put him down at nine. Mm. Sort of feels like that's what time you're putting him down. So let, let me give you an idea of where a 14-month would be at. So usually by 14 months you see signs where they're combining those two sleeps to one sleep, and I have a feeling that that's going to help this little one sleep better. It might not cure all the sleep um, associations, but it definitely make them better. So if I assume that they get up around 7, 6.37, then I would put them down at about 11.30, give them lunch at 11, put them down at 11.30 for a long sleep, like combining those two sleeps they're having together. So maybe two, two and a half hours. So they'd be up around two 
They might have a snack at two, dinner at five, and then they'd need to be in bed by seven or 7.30. So I suspect there's an issue with the timing um, for them to go down at nine. And I that, I think, doesn't help because they're overtired. So that little one that you're trying to get to sleep better, I think might be very overtired by then. So if you need a little bit more help with this, maybe we could get a little bit more information about the timeframes and then we'll maybe be able to tighten it. But mm, I think the answer is going to be that they need to go from two sleeps to one sleep to help improve his sleep overnight. Okay, so uh, Leanne, feel free to get in back, back in touch with us or perhaps uh, maybe now because we are slightly running out of time, maybe send us an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and just include a few of those details that Chris was mentioning there, yeah. um, what time they're waking up, that kind of thing, and um, we can revisit again next week in case that helps. And we have another question here from Alice. She says, my three-year-old daughter hates all dairy foods except for plain milk. She refuses cheese and yogurt, isn't even a fan of ice cream. My issue is that she will only drink the milk with a, the milk from a bottle. Won't touch it from a cup or drink bottle. She insists that they are just for water. I've tried taking the bottle away, but she's very strong-willed and will happily go all day without any milk when I do. Do I continue to let her drink it from a bottle or is she too old for that? I just worry about her calcium intake if I cut her off from the bottle. Do you have any suggestions for getting to eat other foods that contain calcium? Okay, so definitely take the bottle away. One, one if she's that desperate for milk, she'll drink it from a cup. I keep offering it in a cup um, along the day. And I wouldn't get too concerned about her calcium while you're trying to fix this problem because as long as they eat a good balanced diet, they probably have enough calcium overall. And the fact that she's still drinking milk at the age of three, where most kids may not be drinking very much milk at all, I wouldn't be too concerned. I'd be more concerned about the behaviour than the calcium, because I think you'll be able to get milk into her once you disassociate the bottle with the milk. She'll take it from a cup. She'll take it when you're out. She'll take it when other other people are around drinking milk from their cup. So I think you'll be able to get the milk in her long term. Um, it's, they don't just get calcium from milk. Um, they'd have to drink a lot of milk and a lot of dairy to get it. So I think I'd investigate the calcium-rich foods and start bringing those into her diet as well. But I suspect once the bottle's gone and it's not an option and it's not a maybe, then she'll engage with milk in the cup. Okay, I think we can squeeze one more in, Chris. This one's from Cara. She says, hi, my 15-month-old boy, boy-girl twins used to sleep very well. We had a great routine and they slept around the same times every day and night. But for the past month or so, our girl twin wakes up during the night every night, sometimes staying awake and fussing in her cot for up to three hours. She isn't hungry, in pain or hot, cold. She just seems to wake up and wants cuddles and comfort. If we don't go in and comfort her straight away, she becomes distressed and wakes her brother as well. But getting her back to sleep can take two or three hours. It's exhausting. Our daytime routine is quite strict and they both self-settle to sleep fine for their two naps. They also self-settle at their 6.30pm bedtime, but come midnight or so, she's up for this long period every night. We're completely lost and would love any advice for getting her back to resettling herself at night, preferably without waking her brother. 
Okay, so what we don't know here is whether they're on one sleep or not. So at 15 months, hopefully, they've sort of moved to one sleep, and that one sleep would be somewhere between 11.30 and 2, and then going down between 7 and 7.30. So if they haven't merged to one sleep, that might be the reason that she's awake for so long in the middle of the night because she has the energy to. So the first thing I'd do is check the routine in the day and make sure it's sitting in the right place. And then from there, I think it'll just be a very slow movement of teaching her how to resettle. So she wakes up, she cries, she cries for a few minutes, she go in. Um, I'd stand at the door at 15 months and say, put your head down so she knows what's going to happen. So you might have to stand there a little bit, put your head down so it's like a verbal command so that um, when she puts her head down, you can go over, give her a little pat, a little comfort, and it stops the picking up because as they get older, the more you pick them up, sometimes what they do is they think they're up and they're going out the door. So when you go to put them back in the cot, they get more and more distressed. So you want to give her a message that you're there to comfort her, but it's in the bed. So um, once she puts her head down, go over, pat, 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 wait till she's calm and relaxed, walk out, she'll get up, she'll cry, let her have a cry for a few minutes, go back, same command, but next time you stay, pat her for a bit longer until she's a bit calmer, quieter and sleepier, and then the third time, try and stay there until she's asleep. And at some point in the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to withdraw those and she'll start to go to sleep herself. So checking her daytime routine first and making sure she's not getting too much sleep, and then secondly, a very gentle self-settle will probably help her link together and and be able to go back to sleep. Look at you. Right. One minute. Oh, no, exactly 12 o'clock. Perfectly (laughs) timed. Thank you so much for your time today, Chris. Thanks for all your help. Oh, it's a pleasure, Siobhan. And uh, for anyone who missed out on asking Chris uh, their questions, not only will Helpline be back next week, you can book a one-on-one session with Chris Minogue through the Parent School um, on from Babyology. There'll be links in the notes of this episode. So you can go and have a look there and find Chris and then you can be chatting to her and doing the back and forth. As you noticed, we can only do so much on a Facebook Live and um, there are some things that Chris likes to know a bit more info for helps you guide helps guide you to the right place and we also have experts up there that can talk about um, other issues as well toddler behavioral challenges speech that sort of thing so um, make sure you check it out chris thanks for your time again and i'll see you all next week bye-bye bye feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt i'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.